everybody. Welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. And I have a treat for you today in that we are doing another pod quiz. I know you guys love these. I love them. They changed my life when I was a nursing student. I would have hugged the person that made these for me. I had to make them for myself. Um, But even doing them myself changed my life because I was able to save so much time on studying. I started going for walks more often. My house got clean because I would listen to my pod quizzes and basically quiz and study as I was getting things done around the house. So if you've never listened to one of my podcasts or pod quizzes before, you know that that is the deal. The deal is you are not to sit at your desk. You are to get your shoes on, get the dog, go outside, do something that brings you joy. Or if your house is falling apart around you, do something that will help you feel back on top of your game. Fold the laundry, clean out a closet, scrub under the sink, whatever is going to make you feel better about your life. I know that when my house is in disarray, I cannot think straight. So listening to the pod quiz is a way for you to study while you are productive in other areas of your life so that we have balance and we feel joy. So today's pod quiz, this is the first one we've done on this topic, and it is a mental health topic. We haven't even really talked much about mental health. I don't think any of the podcasts have talked about mental health yet. So this will be really interesting. Mental health was a really interesting class, but one of the toughest. So hopefully this will help you. And with that, we're going to start off Real quick, if you've never done a pod quiz before, I basically say a question, pause so that you can think about and say out loud the answer. So you might not want to be, you know, at the grocery store or somewhere where people are going to look at you like you're nuts. Um, But uh, you say the answer out loud and then I tell you what the answer is and hopefully they match. Okay. so with that said, we're going to start these first few questions are asking if this is a major depressive disorder symptom or dysthmia disorder, which is persistent depression. So MDD, major depressive, or DD, dysthmia, which is really hard to say. Okay, so what if you have one or more recurrent episodes? Is that going to be MDD or DD? It's major depressive disorder, MDD. What about a chronically depressed mood? That is a a signifier for DD, dysthmia disorder. What about if it's uh, a disease of remissions and exacerbations? That is MDD. Very good. What What if the client says, I just don't feel like myself? That's going to fall under MDD. What about uh, the, the client is unable to enjoy life? They cry often. That's going to fall under MDD. What about having somatic complaints or being really jumpy? That, again, would fall under MDD. 
Um, how about if the if the patient says something like, I felt this way since X happened, like since my wife left me? That's going to fall under MDD. Um, in that case, you know, the, the patients have a concrete reason why they feel so bad or why their energy has left. Um, how about the patient is depressed for most of the day on more days than most for at least two years? So reworded, most of the time they're depressed and that's been going on for more than two years or at least two years. Yeah, that's going to be the DD, the dyspnea disorder. <laughs> Just can't say that, can I? How about the individual uh, can hold down a job? That's your DD patient. Um, they are functional, so they can have a job. How about insomnia and poor concentration? Typically, that's your dyspnea disorder, your DD patient. Um, some other things, uh, it's like they're going to have two or more of a change in appetite, a change in their sleep. They'll have low self-esteem, poor concentration, and difficulty making decisions. So two or more of those would, would be kind of leaning towards the dyspnea disorder. Okay, here's a few true or false questions for you guys. These are always fun. True or false? You should avoid platitudes, but at the same time, you want to inspire hope in your patients. That is true. Um, true or false, your patient will get offended if you tell them every little step they need to take in order to get dressed, for instance. That is false. If the patient is really depressed, they are going to need short and simple instructions. Put on your pants. Okay, now let's get your belt. Okay, now let's put on your shirt, you know, things like that. What is the first line of drug therapy for the depressed patient who is not psychotic, melancholic, or having mild depression? That would be an SSRI. Very good. True or false? Though SSRIs have a faster onset and less cardiotoxicity than tricyclic antidepressants, the drawback is that they have more anticholinergic side effects. That is false. SSRIs have fewer anticholinergic side effects than TCAs. With true or false, Overdose with SSRIs is nearly impossible. That is true. Um, I cannot say the same about TCAs. Tricyclic antidepressant overdoses happen all the time. So you'll see that your patient will only be prescribed enough TCAs that they need, but not so many that they could take them all and die. But SSRIs, you get a whole bottle, basically. Um, your patient who is taking fluoxetine has been switched to an MAOI. She needs to stop taking the fluoxetine for how long before switching over? About five weeks. So stop taking the fluoxetine about five weeks before switching over to an MAOI. So how about your patient's taking an MAOI and is being switched to fluoxetine? 
She needs to wait how long before starting that SSRI? About two weeks. Here's another true or false. Wellbutrin and duloxetine target the same neurotransmitters. That is false. The newer antidepressants target different neurotransmitters, which is why they have different side effects. Tricyclic antidepressants inhibit the reuptake of what? Two things. Norepinephrine and serotonin. Very good. That was a tricky one. Your patient will see effects of their TCA medication about how many weeks after starting therapy? About four to eight weeks, so they got to be patient. Your patient who's generally lethargic has been prescribed a TCA. Which one would you probably want them to be on? Two good choices for that are protriptyline and desipramine, which I'm probably saying wrong. Your patient who is very, very active has been prescribed a TCA. Which one would be the best? Probably amitriptyline or doxepine. Name a couple of anticholinergic side effects of TCAs that need medical attention. Urinary retention is one because it can lead to kidney infection, pyelonephritis, and severe constipation, which can lead to a bowel obstruction. Okay, teach your patient, true or false, teach your patient who is taking TCAs to take them first thing in the morning. That is false. They should take them at bedtime. True or false, teach your patient who is taking TCAs to not stop them suddenly. That is true. What can increased levels of tyramine cause? A hypertensive crisis. Very good. MAOIs may be helpful for what type of depression? Atypical depression. What are the most commonly prescribed MAOIs? Nardil and Parnate are two of the most common. Um, you're teaching your MAOI patient to immediately go to the emergency room if they experience what symptom? A severe headache, and that goes back to that hypertensive crisis with the increased level of tyramine and MAOIs increase tyramine uptake. So, um, well, they increase tyramine levels, sorry, tyramine levels. So, hypertensive crisis, severe headache, go to the emergency room because we're looking at possible hemorrhagic stroke, which is why that's important. How long does your MAOI patient need to adhere to dietary and drug restrictions after stopping their medication. Basically, how long is it going to hang on their system? 
couple of weeks. Give it two weeks. What type of depressive disorder? Substantial pain and suffering, increased psychological, social, and occupational disability, and may include psychotic features such as delusions and hallucinations. That will be major depressive disorder, MDD. What type of depression is this? I've always been this way. That's the dysthmia, DD disorder, the persistent version. What type of depression begins in the fall or winter, remits in the spring, and can be treated with light therapy? That, my friends, is seasonal affective disorder, SAD. What type of depression causes anergia, hypersomnia, overeating, and craving carbohydrates? Again, that's SAD. I thought that was just me being lazy on the couch in the winter, but apparently I'm sad and need to get outside and get some light. What type of depression puts a child at high risk? That would be postpartum depression on the behalf of the mother. The child would be at high risk at that point. Is ECT useful or not useful for major depression? Useful. How about for bipolar depressive disorder? Yes, it is useful. How about is it useful for mild depression? Yes, you would go with something else. Um, Would ECT be indicated or not in a patient with depression, with psychomotor retardation and stupor? Yes, it would. How about um, your manic patient who's resistant to lithium and antipsychotics? Would ECT be indicated? Yes, and we're talking about electroconvulsive therapy, by the way, if you missed that. How about your rapid cycler? Would ECT be good for them or indicated for them? Yes. Okay, ECT for dysthmia disorder. Not indicated. How about ECT indicated or not for schizophrenics who have catatonia? Yes. How about Parkinson's? Yep, ECT could be indicated for someone with Parkinson's. How about drug dependency? And no, ECT is not indicated for someone with drug dependency. What is the most common mood disorder? The most common mood disorder is MDD, major depressive disorder. Who gets MDD more, women or men? Women get it more. How long do episodes of untreated MDD typically last? That is 6 to 24 months. That is a really long time to feel awful. Those poor people. Uh, What is the common age of onset for depression? 18 to 44. 
What age group has the highest rate of onset? That'd be your 18 to 24 year olds. Um, let's see, your patient isn't a crier. They don't really ever cry, but they're depressed or they say they're depressed. Do they have MDD? Are they grieving or do they have dyspnea disorder? Actually, you, you can't tell. That was a trick question. People usually cry with MDD, but not everyone's a crier. So you have to ask them if crying is something they normally do. So using crying or tearfulness as a gauge is not accurate. Is it normal for depressed children to be angry or is this a sign of potential ODD? And just as a review, ODD is oppositional defiant disorder. So I'll repeat that. Is it normal for depressed children to be angry or is this a sign of potential ODD? It is normal for depressed ch children to be angry. They don't understand what's going on and why they're not like their peers. If a person experiences cultural stigma for mental illness, how might they present? Like what problem might they present with? They might show up seeking help for a somatic complaint. Very interesting. What is the eighth leading cause of death in the U.S.? And this may have changed um, recently. It is suicide. So the takeaway here is that it is one of the leading causes of death in the U.S. and must be taken very, very seriously. What age groups are at high risk for suicide? That would be 15 to 24-year-olds and elderly white males. What cultures slash races are at higher risk for suicide? That is Alaska Natives and Native Americans. Talk about how you dissect a suicide plan. What are the same things that you're going to do? So there's three main things. You want to evaluate the specificity of the details, determine lethality of their method, and assess the availability of the means. Like, do they have a gun? So it's um, specificity, lethality, and availability would be the three things you want to evaluate. Let's see. The sad person's scale has a bunch of things on it. How many of them can you name? So the sad person scale is a scale for measuring um, suicide risk, depression, suicide risk. So it's sex, age, depression, previous attempt, ethanol use, rational thinking loss, social support lacking, having an organized plan, not being married, or having a significant other and illness.
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about primary, secondary, or tertiary intervention. Which would you choose? You're working with a family uh, and friends of a patient who committed suicide or working with a patient who has attempted suicide? That would be a tertiary intervention. Primary, secondary, or tertiary intervention for treating the acute crisis. That is a secondary intervention. How about health teaching and providing information? That is primary. Very good. When you're enacting suicide precautions, how often do you chart your patient assessment? That'll be every 15 minutes, sometimes every 15 to 30 minutes. If your depressed or suicidal patient changes from having a morose kind of attitude to being carefree, what do you do? You want to enact suicide precautions because if their mood suddenly changes like that and there's no apparent reason for it, it usually means they have come up with their plan and they're feeling pretty good that they can pull it off. True or false, ensure your suicidal patient only has a few days worth of Prozac at any given time. That is false. The SSRIs are not really overdosable. You would be more concerned with a tricyclic antidepressant or a benzodiazepine. What do you do if your pal calls you in the middle of the night and says they are suicidal? Okay, that was easy. You call the police. That is an emergency. You call 911. Going back to ECT, what is the most common side effect? That it would be short-term memory loss. And the second most common side effect? Good. Headache. Very good. When the patient's receiving ECT and they have the induced seizure, what does it actually do physiologically? It causes the release of neurotransmitters, especially the GABA. Would you um, consider ECT indicated for a bipolar patient who's having delusions? That would be yes. Let's say your patient's taking tricyclic antidepressants and they forget to take their dose that day. What should he do? If he remembers within three hours, it's fine to go ahead and take it. If not, wait till the next dose. And let's see. How long does it take for TCAs to cause mood elevation? It's about one to three weeks or seven to 28 days. And then name some of the MAOI foods to avoid. Okay, there's actually a bunch, but some of the basics are avocados and figs, bananas, fermented foods, including soy sauce, pretty much all cheeses just about, beer, 
wines, there's a bunch. So MAOIs, lots of food restrictions. So I think that's enough for now. That was a really fun overview of depression, wasn't it? Hope it didn't depress anyone. Um, but anyway, I hope you got something done. I hope you went for a walk or a run or played with the dog or got the laundry put together. That was always my thing that is always looming over my head. Um, or did something productive or commuted safely while getting your studying in. So have a great day, guys. We'll see you over at straightanursingstudent.com, okay? All right, bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by straightanursingstudent.com. Copyright Mo Media.